Can you throw a football with some resemblance of a spiral? Are you willing to stand in a crumbling pocket of a subpar O-line? Will you stand for the national anthem and leave your opinions to yourself? If so, then about 24 franchises would like your contact info. And the rest of us are just here for the ride. This is The push. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan, and joining us, as always, it's... Dan, there's a flag on the introduction. Right. Oh, oh stop it. Flag. Yeah, Dan, we're back for another week. Uh, week nine just completed. And, um, boy... It's We're everything. at least halfway. That's Your true. team has played at least eight games now. That's what that's what we know. Some teams have played nine, but every single team has played at least eight games. They're at least a little over halfway through. Yeah, a, a little over halfway, at least the bye, bye weeks for some teams, some not so much, but still, you've done halfway. Um, yeah, this is a, a wild one. I think it's uh, it's still tough. Nobody's running away with this thing. Um, there's some stinkers, there's some good teams, and then there's the rest of us. Um, and we're going to touch them all today. There was four teams with a bye week. We won't be talking about them, but we'll be setting you up for next week. So yeah, we touch them all as we go. Um, Four teams that actually desperately kind of need a bye week with the exception of the Eagles. Yeah. Um, which I'm just happy that they're not on this week. I'm just, I don't have to see an Eagles highlight. It's wonderful. You don't have to, but we got to talk about it a little bit here in this episode. But, um... It was a very good game, but it's not my game of the week. I'm going to jump right into the game, Stan, because okay, all of the yeah, news will be go. there. Games of the week I gave to Buccaneers-Texans. This thing was wild. It's a lot of fun, man. 37, Tampa Bay, but Houston 39, back and forth. Um, the The story of this is C.J. Stroud, 470 yards and five touchdowns. We were already slowly falling in love with this guy before this game. This was coming out party. Well, I think for coming out party, you almost need like a primetime show here. And, and I don't know if Texans give them one at all this season, but this is one that everybody was talking about him on, on the sports shows for a while. So the funny thing is going to be next year, this level of heat that the NFL is thirsty for high quality quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Like think about the absolute throat job they've given Joe Burrow and Josh Allen and even Jalen Hurts yeah and he has a you know obviously a transcendent season last year but like it's probably a, an above average quarterback right if we're just regressing to the mean oh. Jalen Hurts is an above average quarterback Ooh. even Dak Prescott even Dak Prescott who's an above average quarterback gets far too much fucking attention right just simply because he is a quarterback now imagine you're a young 22 year old kid taking a moribund 
Houston Texans franchise that is coming out from this Deshaun Watson debacle, mm-hmm. rebuilding their team. Oh, man, you're in Texas and you've got a young stud QB. This kid is going to have five primetime games next year at a minimum. And just a quick reminder for every listener, our number one rated quarterback prospect oh, coming into this year. That's right. He did He did. Just like a reminder. Um, he pa- passed around. It didn't matter who he threw the ball to, Noah Brown, Tank Dell, the young kid, uh, Dalton Schultz. All of them had over 100 yards uh, touchdowns on the board, too. Um, but it was back and forth. I can't take it away from Tampa Bay on the other side of no. the ball. Um, Mayfield was flinging around like he likes to. Got everybody involved. Uh, multiple touchdowns. It was it was Rashad White's game. Rashad White all of a game. sudden, yeah, was the focal point on the offense for Tampa, and it worked. And that's something that we haven't really seen before. Bless you. Tampa Sorry, was up. nothing to sneeze at. Rashad White was incredible. <laughs> nice. Tampa was up by seven and a half. Into the fourth quarter, uh, they were up by a point, and then we had four lead changes within the fourth quarter. So as much as we want to say the Texans' big win could have lost this one, uh, I, you still give it up to C.J. Stroud for the game. He had win or loss with five touchdowns, et cetera, but uh, could have gone either way. It was a 37-33 Buccaneers lead with 46 seconds left in this game, so a great ending. Texans with the go-ahead uh, to Tank Dell there with just six. And then uh, the two-point conversion, they had to take a knee on it because, didn't even bring this up, Fairbairn goes down uh, yep. with an injury. I don't even know when the injury happened, but um, their kicker for the rest of this game was a backup running back, uh, Ogumboale. Dere Ogunbowale. Thank you, Dan. You would know the, the pronunciation there. But, yeah, Dere Ogunbowale made a you field went one goal. one for one. Yeah, from how far away was that field goal? It was a 29-yarder. Heck, yeah. Nice. Not a gimme, man. Not a gimme. Um, so, yeah, uh, a wild game. Had everything except for defense. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We didn't have – there was no defense to be had. 37-39. to 39. Uh, But, yes, a fun one. A fun one and, and worthy of game of the week here for week nine and it's weird because you know we're talking about the houston texans that are probably not going to make the playoffs no, probably not no but they've been we're fun talking this about, year oh they're a ton of fun and we're so talking about Tampa. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Been fun too probably not going to make the playoffs but goddamn, like if you're a tampa fan if you're a houston fan you had a hell of a game uh on your slate and you couldn't told me at the beginning of this year that i was going to be looking forward to a tampa bay houston texans slugfest uh, somewhere in the middle of the season. I would have told you you were insane. But, yeah, this wound up being one of the best, if not the best game of the week this week. Um, Let's transition from that wild one to one that uh, should be pretty important for the AFC playoff picture once it's all said and done, and that was the uh, Sunday nighter. uh, The Bills losing to to, uh, Cincinnati 18-24. The Bengals might be all the way back. Um, We picked it. Saw it kind of coming here with the game happening in uh, Cincinnati. Burrow, another huge game, 348 yards and two touchdowns. So the, the big QB games were putting up front here in this episode. The Bengals were up by two touchdowns at the half. It was 21-10 Bengals when Kincaid uh, fumbled it in the red zone, um, which, to be fair, anytime that type of fumble, he went airborne and was upside down. 
Oh, that's tough. I know. I dropped that ball. I'll drop that ball nine out of ten times probably. But that's why I'm not a football I'll player. I'll drop it ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. I'm not holding on to that for one single fucking second. <laughs> Maybe one, protect my neck. one of them I'm like, this helmet's going to do it. But anyways, um, yeah, so he no no uh, bad ill will there. Otherwise, he had a good game, the rookie. Um, Bengals capitalized on that turnover, and it was 10 to 24, and it was you know eight minutes left by then. It was pretty much over. So the end score here... Um, I mean, the Bills even did score and kick it deep. They just never got it back, but it's probably still the smarter move because the onside kick doesn't mean anything anymore. So it just, they didn't have enough time for any type of comeback because the Bengals took control early. It's, uh, it wasn't in my mind, a great Josh Allen game, if I'm being honest. Sure. Like this, the stat line looks okay, but there were just some bad fucking throws in this game. Whereas Joe Burrow sharp as attack throughout the entire thing making great reads making great throws leading guys open josh allen it felt like this was an absolute everything on josh allen sort of game i mean he also led the fucking bills in rushing like we've talked about this now for three years that's not sustainable you know we can't have josh allen continuing to lead the bills in rushing uh, especially not in a marquee matchup against the cincinnati Bengals. you can't have it all on one fucking guy um, because you just wind up building the entire defense around him. They need a running threat. They need to. Otherwise, the Buffalo Bills at 5-4 and four might not make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I know that's crazy. I know it's a super competitive AFC East, but if the Buffalo Bills keep up putting you know, really inconsistent performances week in and week out, this is a team that I could see actually missing the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah, and, and then if they do, boy, heads will roll because that's a big disappointment for that team from where they came in. Um, but, you know, yeah, Diggs is getting older, and like you said, they never built up that running game. It hasn't really worked out. This one is tough to complain on that because they've been play- they played from behind through most of it. Um, it's just impressive. But that's part of it too, right? Yes. Like, Can't hold you're not the running the ball. This was 7-14 to 14 at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Right? The 7-14 to was 21-7. to 7. At 21-7, to 7, you've got to vary it up a little bit. You know, you've, you've got to keep the defense honest. Otherwise, they are just pinning their ears back, and you're forcing Josh Allen into bad situations. Down by four scores, three scores, I get it. Down by two scores, you can still run the ball yeah. and uh, they were, early on in the third quarter. Yeah, and they were moving the ball until that fumble because that was in the red zone there. So even the field goal, 21-13, you were one We're moving game. it by rush, though. Yep. We're moving it by rush. So We're moving it by rush at all. No, that's true. And uh, Joe Mixon... Well, Bengals, yeah, Joe Mixon got it at both sides. So uh, I just thought I'm impressed where the Bengals came from. They seem to have come all the way back. Um, this is two years in a row where it started ice cold, and last year we're in the championship game, so there's no reason yeah. why they can't do that again. They can beat anybody, I feel like, now. Um, and then um, Defense isn't bad, man. Defense is not bad there on that uh, Cincinnati team. Yeah. So what is fun here is a nice matchup for Week 10 uh, is C.J. Stroud getting his push-up to the uh, that elite AFC quarterback team, and he's going to uh, Cincinnati to, to match up with Joe Burrow now, arm for arm. It's Texans uh, and Bengals um, due to picks last week. Dan, that Monday nighter saved you. Otherwise, I would be uh, picking probably first here. But I guess since we're tied, we'll go with the, the leader from previous. So you will still pick first this week. 
All right. Yeah, Ty goes to the runner, I guess. Um, <laughs> let's put away the anointing oils a little bit on C.J. Stroud in terms of ready to go now. Still a rookie. Okay. I can't. Okay. I know he did well against a Buffalo or a, uh, a Buccaneers team um, that is three and five. I think he's going to have a very different set of circumstances against a pretty solid front four in Cincinnati getting actual pressure on the fucking kid all day. I'm going to pick the Bengals. Uh, you know, I think this is not a not a surprise. Uh, I think CJ Stroud's going to have a fine game. I just don't I don't think the Texans and the Bengals are in the same stratosphere right now. I know they're only one win away, yeah. but I think they're different leagues of of teams right now. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to point out. Texans 4 and 4 now, which gets Texans already uh, more wins than last Huge. year. Uh, and then you guys, your Cincinnati Bengals at five and three, surprisingly now five and three, uh, which is a nice uh, record. Yeah, like I said, I'm really impressed with the Bengals right now. I'm taking them at home here too. Uh, as much as the spunky Texans have uh, impressed me of late, Cincinnati knows how to win. This team does. This team knows how to where they're at now and, and how to win. So I think also Joe Burrow was injured early um there's talk about that and talk about it. he could barely move in some of those earlier games now he's he seems to have his feet under him also uh so denver coming off the bye we can talk about the denver broncos on monday night football in buffalo it's broncos at bills dan you've got to have this buffalo <laughs> you've got to have it i know that there's a week off and this is the thing that gives me pause this was a late game for the Buffalo Bills, right? Mm-hmm. It's a late game for the Buffalo Bills. It's a premier, you know, Sunday night matchup. Absolute slugfest. You've got to win this fucking game against the Denver Broncos. I'm going to pick the Bills because if they, if you don't, then the Bills are 5-5. Five and five. And, I th- and it feels like in free fall at that point. Mm. And I just can't believe that the Denver Broncos, even with another week to prepare, are in the same class as the Buffalo Bills. So I'm going to take the Bills. Yeah, this is Buffalo back at home. I mean, you're right. It's back-to-back primetime games because they're the Bills and everybody loves the Bills right now. But uh, they, they'd be on the quiet outs if you lose at home against a questionable Broncos team. And this Broncos team is getting better. They're putting some things together. Their defense actually looks like what they, they are on paper. Uh, but that's it. Uh, Bill's offense will be able to take care of it, especially at home. Um, Bills are kind of hot cold. So, yeah, I'm not too worried that they didn't beat a very good Bengals team. I think they can beat a, a Broncos team. I'm with the you Bills so far. Bills also don't have a bye until week 13. Yeah, there's a few late buys coming on. My Vikings haven't had one yet. Did your Cowboys have a bye yet? Uh, Cowboys did have a bye. See, it's just um, weird how it's this long week- season. Week 13 has the Ravens, Bills, Bears, Raiders, your Vikings, and the Giants with a bye week. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, week 13. It's one of the later buys I can remember. Well, I kind of like that. I kind of like a late buy, especially how long oh, the, the season is. <laughs> the Cardinals and Commanders have their bye in week 14. Wow. Well, they, that's, the last, that's the last buy. Interesting. Um, let's talk about uh, the Thursday nighter from last week because it was a good game. Titans-Steelers, 16-20. to 20. Uh, these two teams, I don't know where they're going, but uh, we got to see Will Levis's first technical start because he yeah. didn't really get in there that uh, until there. But this one, um, you know, he got built up, kind of got brought down there, d- just interception. This one, um, they they ran uh, um, Henry as much as they could. Folk had three field goals, but on the other side, it was uh, Warren over a hundred yards from scrimmage. 
but Titans had the lead at half. It was all 13 late into the third quarter, uh, but the Steelers take that lead. Um, Titans got the ball back, and then the interception at the goal line to end it. So we had ourselves a game down to the wire, just Steelers pull it out at home. The Steelers are not good. Like, (laughs) this is so weird to me because they are a well-coached team. Obviously, Mike Tomlin is a Hall of Famer already. There is no fucking reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers are 5-3. and three. Yeah. Well, that's why, yeah, the, you're right. The well-coached team is getting by on the the little bit they have. Because you're right, on paper, there's not a lot of talent here. I mean, I don't know. Najee Harris is playing a little underneath. Deontay Johnson finally got going. He was been, been upset until this game. He's been good. And Pickens now taking over, being fucking upset. Um, yes. Yeah, you know, not George one Pickens with negative one yard on the day. They showed some but, video of him just walking right off the field after a Steelers touchdown, just like because mm, he didn't catch it or something. They're saying it's like so. It does seem like there's some volatility yeah. on the Steelers team, but they won. He was like, he was like, I was told that I needed to be more like Antonio Brown. Yeah, so <laughs> somebody's this is the, pick this is the, the direction I went with it. Oof. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing that's weird. I know this is I, this might be in your uh, crazy stats. Uh, Steelers have been outgained by their opponents by 790 yards this season. Jesus. And no. they have been outscored. They have a negative 30 point differential. Wow. And wow. they are they are five and three. How the fuck is that happening? What is happening? So. Like, and none of those games were like. They were drubbed. You know, nobody scored 70 on the Steelers and explains that, you know, disproportionate. They've been outscored. They have a third negative 30 point differential. They are the only winning team in the NFL with a negative point differential. Wow. I think, yeah. They, I mean, their defenses stood up, uh, kept them in these games where their offense has been so stagnant and then find something late. And that's kind of what they were doing in this one. I mean, the first drive touchdown and it was just field goals until they got their last one at the end of the game when they needed it and that's kind of been their mo this season is like eh, we'll figure it out if we need to at the end if we have the chance and that's a winning atmosphere i still think the Steelers have that uh that's why i picked them in this one on a short week at home kind of thing against a titans team that i think needs a whole rebuild and if you want to do it under levis that's fine but otherwise what do you what does the titans have no, I mean, Levis has been named the starting quarterback for next week. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't win next week, there's no reason if you go three and six, why you put Tannehill back in, like to to do what? No, yeah, you know, Tannehill. I mean, we we were talking about it before. The Jacksonville Jaguars look like they're probably running away with this division. So you're fighting for a potential wild card between the Colts, the Titans who keep slipping, the Texans. And then, like I said, the the Colts, who don't really have a starting quarterback that isn't Gardner Minshew, um, so yeah, it's it's a real, real race to the bottom there in the AFC South, with the exception of the Texans, who are on the rise. But uh, it looks like the Jaguars have a pretty firm hold on it. Yeah. So if I'm the Titans, I want to see what I've got in Will Levis, maybe more than I want to be competitive for the rest of the season. Um, they've shifted over GM and that stuff lately. If Vrabel is confident in his job, then he has the ability to do that. It's just always that weird thing. I don't think anybody's talking about like a uh, yeah um, 
What's a, you know? He doesn't seem on the hot seat. Yeah, nobody's nobody's going to be um, you know, th- throwing a, a season away or or collapsing on purpose here, but because you can't do it in football. But I think if no, yeah, you're right. If you put in some younger players, see who you got, kind of thing, that's fine. So Will Levis is Titans QB one from this point forward, and that means. He's going to Tampa week 10. It is Titans at Buccaneers. This is an interesting one. I think it's a little tight game. What do you think? Who do you pick, Dan? Both three and five uh, teams. I, I was more impressed by what the Buccaneers did last week than by what the Titans did. I feel like Will Levis surprised people. People got a little bit of film on him, especially the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Put him into bad situations. I'm going to give the Buccaneers the benefit of the doubt, maybe partially because this year I haven't really said it all that much. Yes, but this week it. we're going to fire the cannons. Hey, I want to fire cannons too. I'm firing cannons with you. Um, speak- oh, and my apologies before I was wrong. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals also have a negative point differential. Uh, so they have negative. They have seven fewer points. Damn. But they also started out like shit and they've been on a hot streak. So that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we're firing cannons though. So far we haven't picked anything different. Also, I realize, as you say, we haven't fired cannons. I don't think I've heard a... Uh, a tombstone being passed out yet? Are we at that point yet? Week t- we have oh. into week ten tombstones. I mean, I've got one abs- that I can absolutely hand out. All right. Well, um, we'll see when we get. I don't think any of the teams we've talked about yet deserve one, but we'll see. No, no, all of those teams are still alive and spunky and entertaining, at least. Okay, cool. Um, let's talk about an entertaining game that you don't want to talk about. I know you don't, Dan, but it's Cowboys twenty-three, Eagles twenty-eight. Um, Prescott three seventy four three touchdowns. CD Lamb is all of a sudden, you know, good for multiple you know, double digit catches and almost two hundred yards every game. All of a sudden, but uh, <laughs> well, constantly now. Now he does it constantly. Um, and you then mean a former elite prospect, yeah, former elite. And then uh, the uh, Eagles defense though five sacks in this one hurts two touchdowns and one of them where he got pushed up from behind in. But Cowboys have the lead at the half, 17-14. Then we have two Eagles touchdowns in the third. Cowboys, uh, from there on, it's almost like just a yard shy. Here, there, every drive, just a – not even a yard sometimes. Uh, just shy, we'll just say. What do you think? If, if I hear one more Cowboys fan say, it's a game of inches, oh my I'm going yeah. to headbutt him in the throat. Because, of course, it's a game of inches. Um, It is rare that I do this. But it's actually also kind of nice. I can lay the blame for this game on one guy. Ooh. Terrence Steele. Okay. Terrence Steele played like absolute shit. Of those five sacks, you know how many were Terrence Steele's fault? Uh, Five. Oh, no. Terrence Steele was an absolute fucking turnstile in this game. And the Eagles' defense, which is a good defense, abused the shit out of the dude. That being said, if it wasn't for Dak Prescott, this would have been a 12-sack game. He was fighting his way out. He looked fantastic. There was a couple years ago, I don't know if you remember, there was a, I think it was a 7-sack game against Dak. Um, It was Adrian Claiborne versus uh, Chaz Green who uh, is currently bagging my fucking groceries. (laughs) I remember that game, yeah. This is actually a worse game because Chaz Green was some fifth-round pick out of Florida that we thought was a project. We just signed Terrence Steele to a crazy fucking extension. Oh, no. 
crazy extension. He is making so much money. I know at the end of this game, Jerry was like, find me that contract. I want to find me some void language. I want to put that boy on an ice flow. See if I can get him the fuck out of here. Literally anybody else could play right tackle. Anybody. I mean, there, the, it was I'm the worst game by a right tackle I can remember. The e- the Eagles, uh, they must have been just lining up anybody against him because, like, there's a half sack here by Fletcher Cox and stuff. He's an inside. Oh, it didn't it didn't matter? Okay, it didn't matter. Um, you know, it it makes it difficult. Like, if you watch all the sacks, some of them, not all of them, are credited to Terrence Steele. Sure, but every single one of them, he is responsible for. Oh no! Yeah, it was. Truly, truly fucking disgusting watching that guy play. There were moments where he literally didn't even touch the defender. Like, didn't touch him. Like, what do you... Like, throw your body down. Like, do something, man. What the fuck is going on? All that being said, a lot of people were giving McCarthy a lot of shit at the end of the game. Um, If it wasn't for... You know, at the end of the game, we had a shot. Mm-hmm. We kept having, kept having you know, five-yard penalties oh for God. fucking delay of game. We had two delay of game penalties, which is crazy to me. Um, you guys kept it, shooting yourselves in the foot, but the Eagles, there was no reason you needed the, – the Cowboys should have had that many chances. There's no reason the nope. Eagles – there was that one point where Swift fumbles the ball running into A.J. A. Brown on the cross, and you're like, oh, my God, what are they doing? Like, this game yeah. should have been over so many times over. I mean, they didn't even fumble that one away, but it just felt like a comedy of errors there at the end. Couldn't believe the chances. So, like, I, I think I told you after the fact, I walked away, I was thinking, ah, Cowboys going to lose this, and then to find out they still got the ball back and got all the way down the field with those penalties. We owned the fourth quarter, too, which is fucking crazy to me. Yeah. We hurt. we literally had a turnover on downs um, on, what was it? It was the, yeah, to Shoemaker, mm-hmm. um, which was a good call. I mean, they called it a touchdown on the field. They reversed it because he was down before and, the ball crossed. Uh, yeah, fourth down right there at I, the goal line. I mean, it was the perfect way to do that, too. You call it a touchdown on the field so you can look at it. So they yeah. did it right, and it was. Good call. Yep. Sucked, but it was a good call. <laughs> Um, and then we get the ball back, and then we move down the field, we get a touchdown, and then we force them to punt. You know, they only have like fucking seven yards, we force them to punt, and then we go all the way down the field, and I don't know what the fuck we were doing, um, but we threw it to Jalen Tolbert um, instead of like either kicking the ball, and I don't think we thought we'd get the ball back. That's what's crazy. Um, we had a turnover on downs to Jalen Tolbert on that weird, weird throw. Like, why don't you just force CeeDee Lamb to make a play. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you're giving it to Jalen Tolbert in a fourth and eighth situation. Um, but we still got the ball back. We still had our timeouts. And then 46 seconds left, they give up a 36-yard penalty from uh, James Bradbury just face-guarding Michael Gallup, who had an awful game. Yeah. Right? Awful game. Not on him, because there were a couple things where it could have gone a different way. He had a terrible game. So the two guys that we've extended on big money contracts over the past two years – uh, Terrence Steele and uh, Michael Gallup, absolute shit. And look like Bradbury like, lost his knee or something in that play, and that's why, because then he was down hurt on the sidelines, which cost them a penalty, right? Didn't that cost them uh, more yards? No, no, they got a, uh, it, they got one delay because it was it was on a penalty a delay. So okay. you don't, yeah, you don't like double penalty. You're just like, hey, this is going to be a timeout charge, so you get two, and then you get a delay of game penalty. Okay. Um, yeah, just a wild ending. Um. Uh, We're in their class, man. That was at Philly's house. Yeah. That was at Philly's house, and we absolutely could have fucking beat them. First game, we got to see both quarterbacks against each other, too, in over a year. 
Um, it was a fun one. It was a fun way to finish the afternoon. I don't think Jalen Hurts had a bad game, but I I think it is not too much of a homer for me to say that Dak Prescott outplayed him, um, which I think he did. I think he absolutely outplayed him. Jalen Hurts did not uh, disappoint his Eagles fans. He he had a very Jalen Hurts game. He had 200 yards passing. He had a touchdown rushing. Um, but I thought Dak Prescott looked MVP level in some plays. I will say that. Ooh. You know, absolutely high on cocaine and bath salts. <laughs> Dak Prescott, potential MVP if he plays like this the rest of the year. The uh, Eagles um, need this bye week. They lost, uh, well, Goddard's not going to be back immediately after this bye week. He fractured yeah. his forearm. Uh, but though they say he'll be back in four weeks, it's still kind of nuts to me, a fractured forearm. But um, I guess it's about a month yeah, for a break to heal, especially if it's hairline. So uh, see his return. But, yeah, uh, the Eagles on a bye week for week 10. Leaves me with uh, well, let's, one more game here we'll talk about before the bye or the the break, our break, and that is uh, the one that happened in uh, Germany. Dolphins-Chiefs. I don't have a lot of stats in this one because Chiefs just jumped out to the quick 21 nothing lead uh, at the half, and then the Dolphins' slow comeback, brought it back within a touchdown, uh, had a chance at the end, and then a 4th and 10 fumbled the snap, and that's, that's kind of how Cookie crumbled in this one. Uh, but if you got up early, you saw um, these two teams – uh, lineup and uh, the Miami Dolphins once again not be able to beat one of the best. Sloppy. Sloppy game. Mm-hmm. Kind of all around. The first quarter of this game, um, the first scripted plays, like we always talk about Andy Reid has maybe one of the best opening scripts right. um, in the NFL. The guy just always on his first drive has a fucking great script. 75-yard um, touchdown drive. Absolutely. And then just sloppy uh, right up until midway of the second quarter, and then the Chiefs kind of turned it on. And then in the second half, the Chiefs were nowhere to be found. The Chiefs, like, disappeared. They, they like, packed it in for the day, and the Dolphins looked fine. I think this was a really sloppy game. This was not a great product for us to send overseas. Yeah. Um, well, I think because we sent it overseas is why it got sloppy. That's part of it, too, yeah. yeah. It, uh, you're right. And there was a lot, for one thing, a lot of penalties, a lot of flags yes. um, that yeah. slowed this thing down and made it kind of a pain. So you're right. There, there's not much to this one. We we thought the Dolphins were going to win this one. It is a disappointment for them, and, and that is kind of the narrative that's coming away from this. It's like, oh, Dolphins can't, can't beat the good teams. So we'll see, and I guess – late uh december january if dolphins are winning games i think that's the worry well find me a team in the afc east that's happy with where they are at right now and uh fair enough i don't think you're gonna do it you know it's it's a tough division um this is one of those losses you can i mean both teams we talk about the bills talk about the dolphins you're you lose a one point game against a afc powerhouse that's basically what you did um I don't think the Dolphins have anything to feel bad about. I don't think Tua had a great game. I also don't think he was atrocious. Um, I think they would love to get A-Chain back, and that's going to make them a bit more explosive. Jalen Waddell did not have a good game. I know he was on my fantasy team. Um, And then I wanted a bit more from Tyreek. I wanted them to push the ball down the field more, but it seemed like the Kansas City Chiefs defense wasn't really allowing that. Um, so I, I thought it was a decently defensively played game, but the offense on, on either side just didn't show up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, playing in a, in a whole, uh, different, uh, side of the globe might do that to you. I don't know. Whole ass different continent. 
Unless you're the Jaguars. Um, but they these, live there. They've got a condo. Yeah. Uh, both these teams with buys heading into the next week, Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs. Um, that's that. That's how I remember the, the old London trips and stuff when we first started doing it. It's like you get a bye week afterwards. Uh, now yeah. it seems to be like elective. And some teams are like, no, let's keep playing or whatever. So these two are taking it. Uh, they're taking their bye weeks after this trip. Um, because of that, let's talk about two teams coming off a of bye week, playing each other. Mm. The 49ers going to Jacksonville to play the Jaguars. This is a game I've I've been back and forth on, honestly. Uh, so thank God, Dan, you're picking first. I'll tell you what. Both coming off the bye weeks. I uh, just heard that the San Francisco 49ers are bringing Steve Wilkes out of the booth mm. and putting him on the sidelines, the defensive coordinator. There's an old adage, methinks that you do protest too much, <laughs> right? Yeah. Methinks thou doth protest too much. Whenever you make a change like this, and they're like, yeah, no, there's no nothing to see here. You know, no big deal. We're just making a change. Worry. That worries me. Oh. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars just kind of chugging right along. Haven't looked great. A win here for the Jaguars puts them at 7-2, and two, beating an NFC, you know, premier name. contender. Yep, yep. I think this would be huge for the Jacksonville Jaguars at home, and I'm going to I'm gonna say that it comes to pass. I'm going to pick the Jacksonville Jaguars at home against these uh, kind of reeling 49ers. The 49ers are definitely reeling. I don't know really who's back yet. I, we've been talking about the injuries and Debo and stuff like that. It, I think it's super important. Um it's in Jacksonville and all that, and I really like the Jaguars. I'll probably be cheering for them pretty hot, uh, strongly in this game. But I, I, when I close my eyes, I don't picture the Niners losing four in a row, especially off of a bye. So I'm going to have them win this one to the point where I think if they start slow here, you see like Darnold getting thrown in. I don't understand bringing the defensive coordinator down. I don't think defense is the issue here. I think the offense is stagnant and the turnovers. Uh. You don't. The defense has not been sharp either. Yeah. This is this four game, this three game slide. The defense has really allowed teams to run the ball on them and press the issue. When you lose that many in a row, that can't just be one side. It's probably true. So, yeah. all right, well, we'll see. I mean, but I'm gonna say they fix something on the bye. They, I feel like they need it more, even at this very, you know, one game difference of these two teams. I agree with you there. So I'll take Niners, but yeah, I, I God, I could have seen the Jaguars taking it too. It's probably the best game of the weekend. Um, let's take a break from here. When we return, we put a bunch into the two minute, no offense. It's just sometimes, sometimes what the week gives you. And then, uh, fun ones to talk about after that. Uh, so you don't want to go anywhere or if you're in your car, please keep moving. Don't just start slowing down. You're on the interstate. Just keep looking at it. We'll be right back after this. It's the push
Well, thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Um, because you did that, uh, we're going to give you something special. And that is a nice, super long two-minute, no offense. Because no offense, but perhaps you're a bird team, and your bird team was devoured by another bird team in a true bird-on-bird crime. Well, you're going to find yourself in the two-minute no offense. That's right. Or a bird team that's devoured by whatever the heck a brown is. Uh, start the clock. <laughs> it's an elf. It's an, it's an elven oh, yeah. man from Ohio. Yeah, I seen him there on that field. Yeah, he's adorable. Um, and you ready? Yep. And here we go. First, let's start with that. Yes, yeah, Seahawks losing bad to the Ravens. These Ravens, man, looking good. 37 to 3. Yeah, this was this was one of those what the fuck happened games. Like you could see the Seahawks couldn't get anything done. Kenneth Walker Jr. a non fucking issue. Geno Smith running for his life, and uh, weirdly Lamar Jackson just kind of like, hey man, do he what goes, you need to do. Here, Keaton Mitchell, you run it. And they're like, who's Keaton Mitchell? Exactly, and it works. Who gives a shit? Yeah, so crazy good game for the Ravens. Yeah, our Ravens kicking butt here. Um, and then we said, as we said, at Browns beating up on the Cardinals, shutting them out, twenty-seven to nothing. Browns have a great defense, and I'll tell you what, uh, he didn't look bad. Deshaun didn't look bad in this game, but he was also facing the fucking Cardinals that traded their only good quarterback away. Yeah, Cardinals Cardinals aren't looking to, to do much this year, and the Browns, god dang, Browns can uh, can make some, mm-hmm. some noise this season, so look out, especially if the quarterback wants to play. Um, the Packers beat the Rams 20-3. to I put this one in here because the Rams had to start the backup ripping. Yeah, tough one. Um, Rippon also is being waived, and they're signing Carson Wentz. So oh, tough. I thought they were waving a different. They're waving a different quarterback. I think Rippon will remain on the team. Given that no, Rippon was waived. Oh my god! But yeah, yeah, that's how bad it was. Carson Wentz getting out of there, and then um, the Raiders beat up on the Giants, thirty to six. Huh? This was an excited team going against a team that was not excited to be there. Uh, you could notice a huge difference, and then. Uh, weirdly, Daniel Jones out for the new out for the year with a knee injury now. So oh, that ACL get, thing couldn't get better. Yeah, that was that was that Giants uh, season in a nutshell. Finally, uh, the Monday Nighter Chargers beat the Jets and took control of it, twenty-seven to six. Yeah, man, Jets bad offense, kind of all the way around. Uh, Chargers didn't look like particularly dominant against the Jets. The Jets looked like they just couldn't do anything offensively. Could not move the ball. Ooh. Well, two minutes, we got all five, though. There it is. Jets D had five sacks. It's just all of those lost fumbles and turnovers and stuff. And, yeah, it was ugly. And the Jets' offense, unfortunately, has had too many of those this season. Um, Yeah, wild few games there. But uh, as we try to have more fun with the fun games, we're going to shove more of those games in the two-minute offense. (laughs) These teams we'll talk about. And also gives us this nice long... uh, section of picks for next week dance so here are some games um a stellar afc north one but if you talk about an afc north versus afc north matchup this season it's gonna be stellar uh, i'm talking browns ravens what do you think of browns ravens both of these teams coming off an absolute drubbing uh where they weren't really challenged but you're going to m&t bank stadium you're going to the body more murder land baby and this baltimore team looks complete um I don't know what Cleveland's offense is. I know Baltimore's offense is dangerous. I know Cleveland's defense is phenomenal. I know Baltimore's pretty good, too. So I'm going to give the edge to Baltimore at home, uh, Baltimore over the Browns. Yeah, man. Um, the Yeah, the Browns' defense is the 
uh, signature of this team. That that's that's the identity. Uh, the Ravens look like they could beat anybody right now, and one mm-hmm. thing they're very good at is running and controlling that ball, and that'll just uh, tire down that Browns defense. So if the Browns defense can shut down the run there, there's a, there's a chance, but there's so many weapons the Ravens can throw out now. So I like yeah. the Ravens at home too. How's about how's about the Packers at the Steelers, Dan? Two teams that are disappointing this year mm-hmm. for different reasons. I have not been impressed with Green Bay, and Pittsburgh just keeps winning these fucking close games. And I have to go with Tomlin continuing to win close games. I'm going to give it to Pittsburgh at home. I'm not excited about this game. <laughs> I think it's going to be junk, but I'm going to give it to Pittsburgh at home. Yeah, um, Packers certainly still have an offensive problem. They've got some points, and they move some stuff on turnovers and things like that, getting short fields on fumbles against those Rams there at home, but even that game took a bit for them to get start getting points. So mm-hmm. I think this will be a low-scoring game. I don't, I'm not yeah that super impressed with two, but I think the Steelers can control this without any problem at home. Um, your Cowboys are at home. They got the Giants coming to town. What do you think? Uh, trap game alert. Oh, <laughs> That's what I think. Huge trap game alert, but it looks like they're going to be starting Tommy DeVito. They have to, uh, right? At, <laughs> at quarterback for the Giants. So, yeah, man, unless Tommy DeVito is the second coming of Danny DeVito um, and just, you know, has my defense in fits of laughter, um, I think he's going to have himself a bad game. I think the Cowboys are going to uh, exercise some demons on this Giants team. We also, since Dak Prescott's been the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, we have kicked the shit out of the New York Giants. Is that right? Like, yeah. we fucking hate them. We hate them so fucking much. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick Dallas by a lot. I believe, yeah, the healthy quarterbacks currently now for the Giants is uh, Tommy DeVito and then Matt Barkley, who they just signed last week off of the street, I'm pretty sure. I don't think Matt Barkley yeah, was, was playing anywhere. Yeah, working as a manager of a Culver's. <laughs> uh, Culver's is delicious, man. Uh, it is delicious. There but, go, um... Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't think uh, we see Matt Barkley. You know, like that's a that's a good sign or anything like that. So, um, I like your Cowboys too. Cowboys bringing in a guy that we haven't seen in a while too. I hear this week wide receiver Martavis Bryant, absolute tire kick of a signing. <laughs> um, I got no problem with it whatsoever. He's going straight to the practice squad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he's going to see the field maybe for the entire rest of the year. But he's a big bodied guy. I remember. And on the, yeah, on the practice squad, he can give you, um, you know, interesting matchups for tall wide receivers. So, yeah, fuck it. Give it a shot. For Yeah, for us and the uh, um, not the young kids, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember Martavis Bryant. Sure, he's still playing. Anyways, uh, the Lions going to L.A. They're playing the Chargers in a late afternoon game. I like these Detroit Lions, and them coming off a of bye week is is tremendous. I'm going to go give it to the Detroit Lions, man. I know these Chargers have been okay, but I'd be way more surprised uh, to see the Lions drop one after a bye week than see the Chargers go 4-5. and five. Yeah, I uh, felt like I a little bit uh, gave the, the Chargers not enough credit last week with that uh, picking the, the Jets there, but they were on the road, and I didn't think they could do it. Here they're at home. Sorry, Chargers still don't think you can do it. I'm taking the Lions. I think the Lions are a better team there, so I got them winning as well. Uh, I want to apologize and also not change my behavior and at all. still come right at you, uh, Chargers. Uh, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Chargers, please. And then the Jets at Raiders Sunday night football. We could pick this one too, Dan. Talk about a team that is excited to be there versus a team that's like, what the fuck are we doing? 
I think the Jets are a very talented defense. I think the Raiders played one hell of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, had themselves one hell of a week, man, and it really enjoyed it. I'm going to pick them to continue that against a, uh, a a pretty bad Jets offense. So I think the Raiders win a close one here. As long as they don't make terrible mistakes and the Jets defense doesn't completely take this over, um, I can see the Raiders returning to 5-5 five and, five and and being legitimately in this thing. I could too, but I guess I haven't learned anything from that Monday night one because i still <laughs> going to pick the Jets here. I'll have the Jets winning on the road in Vegas. Yeah. Um, it's a night game, so I'm, I don't know. I have no idea why I'm still doing it, but uh, I just don't like the Raiders in this one. Uh, the L.A. Rams on a bye week, week 10. Dan, you did bring it up. They're bringing Carson Wentz in. So if you're telling me, well, I don't know. Is Carson Wentz specifically going to come in as a bye week? Matthew Stafford going to be back? Or is this a worry that Matthew Stafford's going to be hurt for a bit? Well, they think Matthew Stafford's probably going to be fine. Okay. Um, but they're also like, oh, Brett Rippon is junk. <laughs> Yeah. Brett Rippon, yeah. we can't even keep this guy on the fucking team. That's how you know it's bad when you go, hey, we saw you uh, live, and uh, we no longer want to be anywhere near you. Brett, uh, get your shit the fuck out. So at this point, anybody was better than Brett Rippon. So, you know, it's interesting. You kick the tires on a guy like Carson Wentz, who still has some arm talent, still has a little bit of agility and mobility. And if you're, you know, Sean McVay, you say, hey, Maybe I can quarterback whisper this motherfucker a little bit and uh, get a compensatory pick out of him. It's weird. As recently as last year, he was going to be starting quarterback for the Commanders. Right before that, the Colts thing and stuff, and he was going to save it out with Frank Reich. And then this year, he was on nobody's team until now, right? I don't think he would, yeah, right even a practice squad bench. There is that rumor that he is a little bit of a... uh, um, cancer Diva in the prick. Yeah, yep, in the locker room and stuff, and he's got some problems there. So we'll see how the Rams deal with that. Um, speaking of needing quarterbacks, let's talk about the Vikings at Falcons, thirty-one to twenty-seven or twenty-eight. Excuse me, thirty-one to twenty-eight. We didn't pick it. We picked the Falcons in this one. Still would have. I mean, I watched this whole thing, Dan. Uh, and, and there was no. The Vikings had no uh, no uh, right winning this game, no, none whatsoever of the things that went wrong in this one. Uh, if you didn't see it, Hall goes uh, down. He Hall technically had two two uh, drives as the quarterback here um, for the Vikings. Um, Jaron Hall, his first one started with his back at the goal line and didn't do anything with it. The second one. The drive did well. It was a nice uh, setup drive. And then um, on a third down and goal, he's trying to get it in. He's doing his best. He races himself to the to the uh, goal, and he gets smacked kind of in the side of the head, and then his head hits the, the turf, and you can see his ha- hand kind of smack out, and he's lost consciousness. You could tell he lost consciousness. Everybody immediately weighs everyone over there. So you're not going to pass concussion protocol with that kind of a hit. He's out. Nope. Uh, in comes Josh Dobbs, who immediately gives out a safety, a fumble, another fumble like uh, that smacks it directly into a guy's hands for the Falcons. It didn't look good. Didn't look good. Uh, they're hitting field goals with Koo from any distance. He's four for four in this game. He's doing great. But somehow kind of staying in the, themselves are the Vikings with uh, some strong defensive play, field goals themselves. It's 10-11 at the half, Falcons. Um, the uh, Falcons have two bad turnovers. That fumble 
and the um uh what was oh yeah the interception so the vikings mm-hmm. take that lead 24-21 with some some nice dobbs escapisms and and some passes to backup guys i mean when cuz we lost uh, kj osborne with a massive hit too where carts yep. and stuff come out at that point thinking of where this game's going and stuff like that i'm like i'm not having fun anymore i just need to be like <laughs> all the players are going out injured feels like it's going to be another one of these josh freeman games you remember those where oh boy throw a quarterback in there there's no idea what's going on and it's just going to go bad but man all credit to josh dobbs and you've been getting it all week long but man is uh, a literal genius he's a literal rocket scientist um, and I love the the new nickname that Pastronaut, but uh, he had an amazing Ooh. game in this one. Yeah, you didn't hear that till now. I hadn't heard that one. That was great. I guess NASA themselves gave him that Pastronaut. Um, he, uh, yeah. So uh, even with the Falcons coming back at this one, it felt like the Johnu Smith sixty plus yard touchdown was over. It was ending this game. Vikings fight back. Um, the Falcons recapture the lead with just over two minutes left, running it down the Vikings' throats there in that last defensive drive. And still, uh, Vikings find a way to get down that field. Great catch on the sidelines by Addison. And uh, it, it's a walk-off touchdown with by Powell, the go-ahead one. Powell and the old uh, Atlanta Falcon himself. One of those can't-write-a-better-game games was really what this one was. I, it's weird. I don't... Uh... You know I don't lie about this sort of thing. When the Vikings had the ball with under two minutes left, I was like, they're going to win this fucking thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't I, think so. I don't, know, I don't know why, but they're going to win this fucking thing. It was just so odd to me that they were going to do that. Um, I, I watched Dobbs in this game, and he just looked like a guy that was – it was backyard. Yeah. You know, he was oh, like, yeah. fuck it. I, who, who's open? I – just run a route that I can recognize. Like, run a route that I can recognize and win the route. And, you know, having guys like Addison, like, if J.J. comes back to this team, it's dangerous, man. It's kind of fun. This is a da- yeah, you guys look fun. I don't – I can't see Jaron Hall taking the reins unless Josh Dobbs struggles. I don't know how he's doing in concussion protocol, but, yeah, Josh Dobbs has all the heat, baby. I know you want to see what you got in Jaron Hall, but, man – you can't take it away from Dobbs on a, a great third and fourth quarter. He got better as the game went along. As he saw more things inside the system, he got more and more confident. He got more and more capable. So, yeah, love to see what Josh Dobbs with, does with a full game. Yeah, or with, you know, oh, we get practice now. They Yeah, Hall, there's no reason to rush a guy back from concussion protocol that young and stuff, and yeah. especially the, the story that it is or whatever. So home game against the Saints, we'll talk about that one coming up, but... Dobbs gets to start. Um, Cam Akers is out with a torn Achilles. Yeah. The Vikings it's have... The, it's the fashionable injury. Yeah, I mean, they have absolutely no running game. You want to talk about uh, Dobbs was the leading runner, too, in this game with 66 yards, but it, it was great uh, just keeping the play alive plays. Um, that I so maybe, Definitely not in the game plan no, for Josh Dobbs no. to leave so rushing. That's the only thing I can hope is, though, they can be like, well, now let's try to make it a thing or something so people will worry about that so they can open up their run game because it's just embarrassingly obvious when the Vikings are going to run it and they just get shut down. It's really bad. So 
there's a big old problem for them, uh, especially when you're starting, you know, third, fourth, whatever string quarterback you're at now. Uh, you need you gotta a running remember, game. Josh Dobbs has has one win on the year prior to this, and it was against the fucking Dallas Cowboys. Oh no, I remembered it because he could run. Yeah, I figured we were. That's why we were trading for him was just to stash him away for the playoff game against Cowboys. Bring him in as the Cowboy <laughs> killer. Yeah, just throw him in there for that game. I didn't think we'd play him now. <laughs> now we have to show our hand. Um, but anyways, yeah, just a wild game. Like you said, you thought you just assumed they were going to win it. This is new to me. They they did start doing it last year. Um, I didn't expect it, uh, this game to, to go like this. It just felt like it was a wasted of a game to start. It was like, oh, man. I was going to see what Hall at least could do with his week or whatever, and he knows the playbook. I can't expect that from this guy, and sure enough, he yeah he did his best. Oh, we I want to talk a little bit about what we talked about years ago with Jared Goff in L.A. and how long he gets in that helmet. That's been a lot of the talk here for Josh Dobbs because that's how they ran this offense with him and O'Connell. O'Connell came from that offense with McVay. I don't know how long they were doing it prior to that, if they were all doing it in Washington or not. I know that stuff they that Purdy gets in uh, San Francisco too. It's probably something all quarterbacks a lot are getting now too. But uh, we were seeing a lot this year. You know, run up to the line, line everybody up well before that clock hits 15 seconds where the microphone cuts off and the coach can't talk to you in your head no more. Yeah, it's a problem. Um, I mean, in this particular case, I I wish the NFL was like, no, that's fine. You can talk to him up to five seconds before the snap. <laughs> like, the fucking guy would be lost without it. But yeah, the fact that he was able to absorb what he was able to absorb has to be uh, something to do with like quick analysis by your head coach who's like, hey, listen, this is what's going on. This is how you can behave inside this offense. I think it made a ton of sense. And you could tell they were breaking the huddle very early so he could get good looks. Well, and that's what I'm kind of saying is like it's a perfect storm of a quarterback who apparently is pretty smart and he can maybe absorb this stuff pretty quick or he at least is uh, confident enough that he knows what he's seeing. And a head coach who was a quarterback who knows kind of a little bit of kind of telling him what to look for kind of thing in his head right up until he's snapping that ball. So saw a little bit of that. You know, I, Kirk Cousins was doing it some too and things like that, but I wonder if it doesn't yeah, help take a little bit of the pressure off that way. So we'll see it a little bit more, but it is something that you see quarterbacks are able to do. Up until I think it's 15 seconds on the play clock, you mm-hmm. can talk to him. You can talk to the, the quarterback in the ear, and then it cuts out, and then it's all on, in their hands. So it's almost a little uh, – yeah, it's like, you know, two people running a ship type of thing. It's kind of neat. Well, I mean, it's just, I, I think it's great for, you know, we've seen an emergence of young quarterbacks being successful, mm-hmm. right? It used to be the quarterbacks had to stay on the sidelines, had to learn the system, had to learn that stuff. You're seeing young QBs get better quicker in this modern NFL when players are faster, players are, you know, schemes are more complicated. But the reason they're able to do that is because they have direct coaching uh, you know, leading into the game. Like, the hardest thing for a young QB to do is to get to the line of scrimmage and actually read a pro defense. Yeah. yeah. Having somebody else that knows how to read a pro defense being like, hey, by the way, it's probably cover one. <laughs> Just be mindful, it's probably cover one. Looks like cover one to me. Uh, best of luck. Yeah. No, you're right. It's a different thing, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, okay. That Yeah, that's what I got for this game. Amazing one, but Josh Dobbs, and I'm done gloating about it. Um, Falcons are going to Arizona. They're going to the desert. It's Falcons at Cardinals, Dan. 
they'll be carrying the revenge of uh, Josh Dobbs <laughs> with them to Arizona. Yeah, I just I know Kyler Murray is probably going to play this game, but the the Arizona Cardinals look bad regardless of who the quarterback is. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Falcons here. Yeah, yeah, I'm not picking the Cardinals for a bit. Um, Kyler Murray does bring a difference uh, into the offense, but um, it's a it's a lot of different people that yeah. He hasn't been around for a while. There's going to be some some rust on it, even when he does come back. Oh yeah. Um, and then let's talk about the uh, Saints Bears game. That's the next one on the list. The Saints won by a touchdown, twenty four to seventeen. But look, this thing was seventeen all into the fourth quarter. Um, Badgett had two touchdowns to commit. Carr had two touchdowns, and then Taysom Hill gets in on some of the fun as he likes to do. Whether he's Always catching them or throwing them, he's doing it all. He can do it all. Um, Adebo for the uh, Saints, two interceptions a game. Those are always fun. But the Saints here, okay, so they take their last lead with about 11 minutes left in this one, and the Bears just can't really keep up with them. It's probably the five turnovers they had in this. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't win with that many turnovers, man. But, like, only lose by a touchdown speaks uh, volumes in that just man needed to hold on to that ball a little bit more oh yeah i mean the saints are also not great right like we've talked about that a little bit that i don't know what the saints are i can't get behind them i know they're five and four top of this um, division i think <laughs> yeah but i don't i don't get that shit either i That's mean yeah sound. you're lucky you're yeah. playing in a division with the fucking panthers um and but yeah tampa bay could easily win this division like it's not like new orleans is running away with it no 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 um you know, it's just it's just a bad fucking division, man. I just don't get it. I don't I don't get what's going on over there. Uh, both kickers in this game, doinks. That's uh, doesn't help either. But yeah, um, yeah uh, it shatters Bears confidence though when that happens. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't help. And um, I don't know. Yeah, this one was a tight one though. It was back and forth. They had a chance. Bears had a chance here to even take it for for more. Um, but. Yeah, Saints were leaving the door open. It just wasn't enough um, of them to take it back. So what I have is the Saints coming to Minnesota. That's all I have for that one, Dan. I'm moving right on. Saints Saints and Vikings, who do you pick? What did I say? I don't know who the fuck these Saints are, man. I really don't know who the Saints are. But I know the Vikings are interesting. (laughs) I know the Vikings. I know Kirko Chains went down. But prayers up for Kirko Chains. Um, Josh Dobbs is here. And Josh Dobbs looks pretty decent. So I'm going to, because it is a home game and because it is against a team that I really haven't been able to get a beat on quite yet, I'm going to take your Vikings uh, against the Saints team. Yeah, this is weird. Um, I think the Saints aren't a very good team, um, and they are on the road. The Vikings' defense has been super impressive. Um, I'm a little embarrassed of the the flip they were able to do from last season to this season with almost the same personnel. Uh, there were some changes yep. here and there, but uh, like, wow, um, what were we doing kind of thing. But uh, on the offensive side, there is still a big old glaring, how do you move the ball without a rushing game? But I, I am excited to see Josh Dobbs at home. Uh, after that game with a, a, a fan base that's just going to, you know, I think be 100% behind them no matter what. So I'm going to go Vikings too just because, you know, I think the Saints should, should you know, have, be a little healthier and, and able to take control of this one. Sure. But 
Why not? I'm going to say Vikings yeah, in a Yeah, enjoy yourself, yeah. man. So enjoy yourself. I am. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to take the Vikings. Um, all right, a couple more games from last week. Dan, let's talk about the Commanders beating the Patriots. I got this one over you. Um, yeah. Patriots in a lot of trouble. 20-17. to 17, Howell, 325. A touchdown. He to turn it over. Mac Jones, a touchdown. His interception was that one at the very end, in and out of Schuster's hands into the uh, Commanders ones. But uh, – this is like a lot of Commanders games of late. They started fast. They were up ten to nothing. They lost that lead. They were down ten to fourteen at the half. That long Dotson touchdown in the third quarter was pretty sweet. It was seventeen all, and then the Washington with the go ahead field goal at the end of the third quarter. Um, Patriots, yeah, they had a chance. They could have made that last second drive, keep going, and score the walk off like they did against. I think it was Buffalo. Yeah. But uh, didn't get it Shattering this time. Buffalo hopes. Yeah, didn't get it this time um, with that, that bad juju drop. So, uh, commanders pull out the win. I, I know it was a bad juju drop, um, who has also not been good this year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there was there's nothing about this Patriots team that seems impressive to me right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the defense doesn't seem particularly good. The offense seems particularly disjointed. Um, someone mentioned... There's a article, and it's clickbait articles. They're like, there's a chance if he doesn't win it this week that Bill Belichick might not be the Patriots' head coach by the time they get back from Germany. And all I can think about that is, what complete bullshit. Yeah. Like, the greatest head coach of all time is having a bad season. Having a bad season. But he is the greatest head coach in NFL history, and you would fire him mid Season? No. Not a fucking chance. If that happens, if that happens, I don't understand football. <laughs> I don't understand, like, the way reputation works, the way fucking, you know, uh, the way relationships work. I don't understand anything. Not a chance Bill Belichick is fired as the head coach any time before the end of the season. I would I would bet money on that shit. I tell you the rumor I heard about Belichick. Um end of the year a Patriots do decide to move on from him but they do it in a trade as they send him to the commanders oh that'd be crazy him coaching Washington where I think it's like he's got a little history and uh Patriots get a little uh draft picks for it that'd be crazy and that would suck because I know Belichick just out of pure spite would turn the fucking <laughs> Redskins are the commanders around, yeah. and I'd just be miserable. Yeah. So I hope that doesn't happen. I, I can't see Bill coaching for too much longer, but I know he's looking at, you know, he's a big history fan. He's a big NFL history fan. He's not that far away. Like, he could play for four or five more seasons, coach for four or five more seasons, and he could have the all-time, he could be the all-time winningest coach in NFL history. Yeah. You can't think he's not thinking that. No, yeah, I think he wants it too. Um. But, but yeah, this season has been a mess. Um, doesn't mean it'll last. I think he there's a lot of, you know, there's quarterbacks and stuff like that that can rebuild this team in the next draft. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots can do that. Um, he's done it before um, on a quicker turnaround, so I think that's, there's a possibility. But this is one of the worst he's, he's had, unfortunately, in a, in a long tenure, which is saying something. Um the commanders, after they traded off all of those defensive pass rushers, uh, were missed, obviously, in this game, but uh, they were still, their offense still is able to, to move the ball. Uh, and that's what they did in this one. Uh, Howell throws it a lot. 
though there were these shots of Jacoby Brissett in the sidelines, like you are they gonna make this pull or whatever, which was interesting. I don't see why you go to Jacoby Brissett at this point. I mean, let Hal No, it's pointless. Yeah, ride this out and, and Hal seems to want to throw it around. I mean he, he puts up yeah over th- about over three hundred yards every week, so I don't know. He's been fun. At yeah. at a baseline level, Sam Howell has been fun. You want to do one of two things. Well, actually, you want to do one thing. You want to let Sam Howell do it the rest of the season because he's either going to give you confidence that he's the guy moving forward that you don't need to spend a first-round pick on a quarterback prospect so you can address all the other issues on your team, or you want him to be so bad and obvious that you basically say to the fan base, hey, guys, we got to go get another one. I'm sorry. You see, he's fucking terrible. Um, And those are your two options. The only way you make that happen is to just let him keep slanging the thing. I think so. And, uh, you know, if they go 7-10, and uh, I think Sam Howell still has a job. So he's only going to win three or four more games and and be adequate in the rest of them, and I think he'll be all right. We'll see. It it is becoming almost pretty obvious that the Commanders will have a very different uh, look next year. Um, one and riverboat's gone. Yeah, riverboat's gone. A lot of people are gone. Um, Lake boat. So we'll see who replaces and who they want to keep, and yeah, what they build this uh, this team around. Because sending the the defensive guys out was an interesting move, but um, that's where we're at. Commanders going to Seattle on a late afternoon game. It's uh, Washington Commanders, Seattle Seahawks. Dan. Oh, I love, I love, love, love seeing the Washington Commanders fly all the way across the country to get their teeth kicked in by the Seahawks. I would love it. I think the Seahawks need to get the taste out of their mouth of, let's be honest, the penis of every member of the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> they need to get the taste out of their mouth because that was awful. Must um, we be that I think honest. they do. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, you know what? You you could tell. Lamar's <laughs> zipping it up right at the end. Uh, yeah, I think Seattle wins this one. I think Seattle's a good team. I think Washington's fine. And at Seattle's house across the country, I just can't see Washington put it to, putting it together. I'd be shocked if Washington went 5-5 five and five and the Seahawks slipped to 5-4. and four. Yeah, I mean, I was all about the Seahawks. I was like, oh, they're for real, they're for real. I took the Ravens last week, but I did not think they would get boat raced like that. Um, so I think they, yeah. they have a little... Uh, we're not that bad fight here against the Commanders, and the Commanders are the unfortunate uh, abruptness of their... The we commander- both took the Ravens, right? We both took the Ravens, yeah. We were both okay, correct. Good. I was like, I thought I took the Ravens. No, yeah, you did as well. I just didn't think... Yeah, I didn't think it would be like that, but I did, oh, too, no, did take no. it. Oh, um, no, no. All right, one more game. One more game from last week, and that is Colts speeding the Panthers. 27-13. These Colts are uh, fun. They're punchy. Um, and when Kenny Moore has two pick sixes, are you kidding me, man? Bad, bad day for uh, for Bryce Young. Um, one touchdown, three interceptions. Listen, the Colts had this thing in control early, and at the half it was twenty to three. But I had five games in the two minute no offense, so one got pulled out. That's this one. Not a ton to talk about on this sure. uh, to that point. Yeah, there there is a rumor about a guy getting fired mid-season that does intrigue me. That's nuts. Yeah, go ahead. Frank Reich, the quarterback whisperer, poor guy, has seen Bryce Young look really bad. Like, we're talking about this trend recently of young quarterbacks looking pretty good out the gate. When they used to be, a young quarterback was always awful. I don't know if Bryce Young is being led through a traditional 
Frank Reich, like, oh, you need to do it like the old guys used to do it. Be terrible your first like, year or two. <laughs> but Bryce Young has not looked like he's under any sort of uh, elite quarterback tutelage for this entire year. Three interceptions, two of which were absolutely boneheaded pick yeah. sixes. Like, not tight pick sixes, bonehead throws. Yeah, he, like, like he threw it to him. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I don't know what's going on in Carolina. Like, I know they're excited, but you also have to think if he fires him here, he goes from Matt Rule, uh, David Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, signs Matt Rule to a contract that was incorrect. It was a very bad decision. And then signs a guy in Frank Reich who had lost his fastball on the Colts, you know, after after he couldn't get an elite Andrew Luck over the top, and then Andrew Luck leaves, and he brings in just also ran guys and doesn't elevate the team. I don't know if Frank Reich's the guy. Right. Well, I get that, but I, I thought we talked about a report this season about how Tepper was the one who pushed for the um, Panthers to trade up, take a quarterback, make it Bryce Young, etc. I mean, maybe he didn't choose it to be Bryce Young. Maybe the the problem is is that he left to Reich and Reich chose wrong maybe the the heat we're getting is how good Stroud's playing but again too Dan I think you brought it up is that sometimes the number one number two quarterbacks things change quite a bit after half a season so I'm I'm against pulling Frank Reich out immediately maybe it was a bad choice to begin with but you gotta live with it at least for a year or maybe even two I mean especially I think there's a very good chance he gets fired mid-season next season okay if they don't start turning this thing around well and there's a good chance they don't because boy he's doesn't have a lot of draft capital to do it because you gave all that away so that he could go get mm-hmm. this guy so i don't know if or go get some draft capital by getting rid of the guys that you know you can't bring you can't hold on to for three years you know you gotta start having that future look at things this know. should have been a tear-it-down year, honestly. They should have yes. gotten rid of Brian Burns. They should have gotten rid of all the guys that probably aren't going to want to sign with them long-term. Right. Um, this should have been a rebuild year for them, and instead it just looks like a bad year where you don't have any assets. That's worrying to me. I guess. And I can't really blame Frank Reich for that. You have to put that on Scott Fitterer, the new GM. Uh, he has just not looked... Like a good GM, they gave up a lot to go get Bryce Young, who I don't think was a generational talent. Yeah. The the ransom they paid for Bryce Young, already not worth the money, but um, he has to, in order to justify that cost, he has to be a perennial all-pro because uh, they gave up, they absolutely sold the farm to get Bryce Young. Well, got to get, I don't know, got to give him some time. He, he stepped into nothing, but... Uh... Yeah, it hasn't looked good. He hasn't. There hasn't been the uh, the uptick or anything getting getting slower for him. So we'll see by the end of the year where they're at. But I, yeah, I want to give Frank Reich the year. Um, the ninth pick, next year's first, DJ Moore. Yikes! Yeah, it's that's a lot. a lot. It's a lot. It is. Um, and and who do they get this week? What a short week against the Chicago Bears who they gave all that stuff to Panthers at bears. This is the bears chance to double up to a win is just as, is almost as good as two in this, in this scenario. Um, short, short weekend. This is the first game of the, the new uh, weekend, Dan, who do you think? Well, so 
it's still Tyson Bajan. It is still, yep. God, that. Did you see any a bit of the press conference with Eberflus? It's starting to get real painful. Uh, no, I refuse to. Uh, I, I liked him too much back then. I, and I, I just can't bring myself to watch it. So they're like fucking with him. They go, he goes, well, he's doubtful, but uh, we're not expecting him to play. They're like, um, you're not expecting him to play. So is he out? Well, he's he's listed as doubtful. So I'm we're confused then. So he's not. You're telling us he's not playing. Well, you're why is he listed as doubtful then and not out? Well, right now he's listed as doubtful. <laughs> like he would. Anyways, but yeah, he won't play. It, it will be Bajent. Um, go ahead. Sorry. <sighs> They're at home. It's a short week. Carolina's not very good, and I don't think anybody on the Bears team is particularly excited that it's like, hey, we might get another top five pick if we if we beat this team. Um, yeah, I mean, no matter what happens, it's either going to hurt the Bears' record or it's going to hurt Carolina's record. But they're going to stay in that top three, top four pick uh, consideration. I just think it would be real disrespectful if Carolina is the number one overall pick next season yes. and the Bears get it. Who boy. Who boy, man. Yeah, I'm going to take the Bears at home, but... Uh, Carolina to do something. I'm trying. Uh, I will have to go to the the history books. Look out the last time that somebody traded away their first round pick that became the first overall pick the following season. I mean, you do trade away the first overall pick when you know that's what it is. But who's done it ahead of time for it to? Mm. Yeah, it's been a long while. I'll I think. find it. Um, that you know, not for, you don't have to right now. We'll do that for the for next week. But anyways. I'm taking Bears, too. I think uh, Bajant looks good. I mean, he didn't look bad in New Orleans, and then they beat the uh, Raiders at home, and the Raiders, when they had a messed-up team, and I think the Panthers are just as bad. So I like the Bears on uh, on Thursday night. Uh, we also have one more game in Germany. That is uh, Das Colts. I can't do it. <laughs> Playing the, pa- the Patriots. So a Patriots home game. In Germany, I don't know if we're just trying to rub it in or what, but yeah, I'm. Yeah, the Colts have been exciting, and the the, yeah, the Patriots, Patriots, the Patriots have been very bad. So uh, yes, I'm going to go ahead and and take the Colts, who are exciting and fun, and filled with Jonathan Taylor, who's mm-hmm. a very good running back, and all on both of my fantasy teams. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and and have him run wild. Uh, over this New England Patriots. They're the spunkier team, so I think they'll be able to take the the travel to Germany okay and, and come out with the win too. Give me Minshew. Um, all right, those are our picks. That's the games. That is the week that was uh, and leading into the week that will be. Um, we we did all right in picks from last week where Dan was at 76 and I was at 74. Now as we head into this week, we are both – at 85 games mm. dead even now uh after nine weeks it's, it's funny how, how even we've been this this season um all right dan i've got a quiz for you this week please we got some time yeah all right um i think we did like sack leaders career wise before so now i'm doing active career sack leaders i will give you how many sacks they have and i'm even going to give you the team they're on currently okay. Um, I was going top 10, but I thought it was too easy, so I did do top 15. Let's see how well you can okay. do here. So number one, with 123 and a half sacks, he is currently on the Buffalo Bills. Von Miller. Yep, Von Miller's number one. That's active sack leaders. Uh, number two, uh, at 116 point and a half sacks, 
He's on the Saints. Oh, uh, Cameron Jordan. Cam Jordan, yep. That's surprising. He's over that. He's over 110? Yeah, he's doing quite well. Yeah, wow. Uh, there is a tie at third and fourth place then here at 112 sacks. Um, the Panthers and the Raiders are these two t- guys. Panthers and the Raiders. Panthers um, one's kind of tricky. Panthers Raiders. He's got 110 sacks. I mean, are we are we calling Chandler Jones on the Raiders? Chandler Jones on the Raiders. Yeah, that's right. Well, yeah, we kind of have to. Yeah, uh, Chandler yeah. Jones Raiders for 112, and then the Panthers. Uh, Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. Is Indomitian Sue on the Panthers? Nope. Sue, I don't think Sue's anywhere right now. Okay, I didn't think so either. Ooh, this is this is confounding. I know Brian Burns isn't that good. Um, okay, so who am I thinking of? Spent some time in Kansas City. Trying to think anywhere. Yeah, Kansas City. There's Super Bowls. I think you got a Super Frank Bowl. Clark. No. Kansas City. Uh, Justin Houston. Justin Houston. There it is. Panthers. I didn't know he was on the Panthers. Yeah, I didn't either until I saw this list. Uh, oh, fifth place, 100 and, 105 and a half sacks, Rams. Oh, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. Sixth place, uh, so this is why I decided to do this one. Uh, sixth place with 100 sacks now as of last, just last week. Ooh. Uh, Falcons. Uh, Falcons. Just got to 100. Who's got 100 sacks on the Falcons? Oh my goodness! This is a guy that uh, was a favorite of ours a few years back. Was on a different team at the time for the podcast. He just had an amazing I, year for that Jaguars <coughs> team. Oh God, this is gonna kill me. Who is it? He's a big guy. Plays a lot of insight. oh Calais Campbell. Calais I forgot. Campbell. Yeah, he just hit a hundred. I saw the fucking video yeah, too. Yeah. All right. After him at seventh place with ninety and a half sacks for the Chargers. Uh, I'm going to go Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is correct. Eighth place, 85 and a half sacks for the Steelers. Oh, my God. Is it is already T.J. Watt? It is. I thought you were going to go the other guy, wow. but it is T.J. Watt already. 80 sacks for the Browns. Miles Garrett already. Yeah, because what he had. Also tremendous. Like 29 or something a couple years ago. Um, 79 sacks is 10th place. My Vikings. Uh, Daniil Hunter. That's right. All right. So last five, 78 and a half sacks, Steelers against um, Steelers. Oh, God. It's, uh, Cam Hayward. There you go. There you go. Cam Hayward yeah. just came back. All right. 70 and a half sacks, Eagles. Um, oh, he's out of – he's my boy from Michigan, Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham, correct. 70 and a half sacks, Chiefs. Uh, Chris Jones. Correct. Uh, 68 sacks, Texans. 68 sacks, Texans. Who's on the Texans? These last two might be tough, yeah. 68 sacks on the Texans. Who was on the Texans? Give me another one. Who Who's his previous team? Oh, gosh. Patriots, maybe? I don't know. I'll look them up. Patriots? I'll look up see what other teams he's been on. I don't. I don't know this guy's it's career. Not Kyle Van Noy, is it? No. Let's see what are their teams. Oh, I don't know. On. Who is it? Oh, Bills. He's from. Yeah, he was on Bills. 
on the Bills. Bills to the Texans. I have no idea. Jerry Hughes. Oh, God. Hughes has that many sacks? Oh, yeah. And they start his career in uh, Indy. Okay. And then finally, yeah, um, 15th place, 67 sacks currently on the Chicago Bears. Oh, God. This did kill me. Akeem Hicks isn't still on the Bears, is he? Nope. Well, no, yeah. Tempe. I think Hicks is done, yeah. Mm, I do not know. This guy is a uh, kind of a sack for hire guy um spent some time in jacksonville and cleveland brown um minnesota had him for half a year uh uh it's it's not zadarius nope it is yannick ngakwe ah yannick ngakwe ah so there you go that's your uh quiz dan for the week um thank you guys not too well i only got like 10 of those those were that was a tough one that was a very tough one um here's some crazy stats to wrap it up um cj stroud this stat we we've heard this one but he had the most passing yards as a rookie beating out 433 yards previously by andrew luck crazy 460 yeah that's the new that's the new rule or the new one um josh dobbs now also to be a only player to ever score three plus touchdowns back to back weeks for two different teams <laughs> crazy don't know why they gave him up for a song although now the trade makes way more sense for the vikings yeah i guess um the cardinals didn't want to, yeah keep going with them Ravens, uh, oh yeah, the Ravens lead the league in point differential right now at plus 115. They are definitely not the Steelers. Yeah, they, you'd rather steal them. Second place after the Ravens is the Bills at plus 80. That is quite a difference between the two. That's crazy. And now Joe Burrow in his last four weeks has 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. For his career, he is five and one all time versus Mahomes and Josh Allen. Wow! Yeah, he's a giant killer, man. Giant killer. Those are my crazy stats for this week. That is our show. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening again. We we love this. We love doing it every every week. So we're glad you guys are listening uh, to us again this week. But um, please, please, before you leave, Dan has some very important parting words of wisdom. The concrete has been prepared. The molds have been set. And I have some tombstones to hand out. There's a few that aren't surprising. The Carolina Panthers, tombstone. The Chicago Bears, congratulations. This is a tombstone matchup leading up to Thursday. Also, tombstone. Tombstone or Thursday game. Yeah, tombstone on the Thursday game. So it might be in the two-minute no offense just, you know, because it has to be. It's not like the loser of the game. They have already been tombstone. No, doesn't matter. Both of them tombstone. (laughs) Uh, Arizona Cardinals, Tombstone, you traded away your only good quarterback so you could start Clayton Toon and kick the tires on him. Tombstone. And before, maybe this is bad luck, but I have to do it. Right before our matchup with the Dallas Cowboys, I am tombstoning the New York Giants, who have lost their starting quarterback and their backup quarterback, are on their third stringer, and they are 2-7 and seven in a very good NFC East. Tombstone. <sighs> Danny is tombstoned, I believe, four NFC teams. <laughs> no AFC. Yeah it's, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's getting thin over there, man. It's rough. There. It's rough there, but um, that they, it's fair. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining another episode of the Push Off Podcast. If you haven't subscribed and told all of your football loving fans friends yet, 
I don't I don't know what you're doing. So do that this week. I am Scott. And this is Dan. And we'll see you back next time after you've done all those things. Alright, goodbye.